and you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. I'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Our website is JimDawes.com. Well, the circus came to Detroit last night in the form of the second presidential debate, actually the first night of the second round of Democrat presidential debates. And this time, uh, the circus had a new ringleader in the form of CNN, the Clinton News Network. And if you thought that MSNBC with Rachel Maddow and sleepy Chuck Todd could uh, could make a, a mockery of a uh, a presidential debate. Well, you hadn't seen nothing yet, because old Don Lemon and Jake Tapper and the production people over there at CNN, led by Jeff Zucker, really screwed the pooch last night, and they gave journalism a bad name. Really, just uh, sang the death knell of anybody ever taking CNN seriously again. And the fact that the Democrats could claim that they're not going to debate on Fox because uh, Fox's bias has really been made ridiculous by MSNBC putting Rachel Maddow and, and now CNN putting Don Lamont on their moderator panels. Neither of them purport to be journalists they're both uh opinion people and and a special kind of opinion people in the case of maddow she is a conspiracy theorist sort of a wild-eyed conspiracy hoaxer she basically tells mythology uh to satisfy her rabid anti-trump audience and in the case of don lamont he is just very low iq and uh a, sort of a race hustler himself Here's a sample of one of the deep, thoughtful questions that Don Lamont put to, um, I, th- I think it was Klobuchar last night. What do you say to those Trump voters who prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry? <laughs> okay, well, that's not taking a, a viewpoint there. That's unbelievable. Could you imagine if Fox News puts... Tucker Carlson and uh, Sean Hannity on a Democrat debate panel. Oh, my God. The New York Times and the Washington Post would melt down. But apparently we've reached the place now where, you know, journalism doesn't have to couch its prejudices and its biases and, you know, even pretend to be objective. They're just going to come right out and call 
uh, call people names, racist, bigot, all of this stuff, despite the fact that the truth of the matter is, when you get right down to all the screaming and gnashing of teeth, Donald Trump has, has not said anything racist. He's not done anything racist. As a matter of fact, he's gone out of his way to, uh, to lift up minority communities and minorities, uh, you know, workers throughout this country. If he's a racist, he's the most incompetent racist in the history of racists. So anyway, uh, last night, CNN uh, starts it off with this long, long procession where they're bringing out the candidates one at a time, and, and then they have a, um, a color guard march down the center aisle of the beautiful Fox Theater there in uh, Detroit, uh, uh, really a spectacular um, venue. And then they have this, uh, you know, gospel, black gospel choir sing God Bless America, and everybody stand there with the, uh, you know, hands over their hearts, except for um, Marianne Williamson and uh, Delaney for some reason. I'm not sure what there was up with them. I'm surprised nobody took the knee. And I'm sure Colin Kaepernick is going to have something to say about all of this, them having the nerve to stand during the national anthem. But all of this was, uh, you know, put together by Jeff Zucker, who thought, well, you know, maybe we can throw these uh, these uh, uh, rabid nationalist Trump supporters a bone. And maybe, uh, you know, they'll be so uh, unaware of the substance of these Marxist candidates that we're putting on stage here that uh, they'll fall for our faux patriotism. <laughs> And the Hollywood uh, elite, I'm blocking most of them on Twitter, so I only hear about it secondhand from uh, from my followers and the people I follow. But they were absolutely melting down about the nerve of CNN doing the national anthem before this debate. And to tell you the truth, it was kind of a waste of time. Uh, When you've got... 10 candidates on stage you need to make the best use of your time and cnn burned up quite a bit on these uh, pre-debate um proceedings including commercials but when they finally got to the debate it was clear that uh there there was uh, a, a a democrat party of yesteryear that was represented on the stage um, by some, you know, sort of old-time liberals, uh, Delaney of um, of Ohio, Inslee, not Inslee, um, uh, Tim Ryan, Tim Ryan of Ohio, Delaney of Maryland, and uh, the uh, the newest addition to the <laughs> clown car is um is the governor of montana oh and his name escapes me and i'll I'll think of it in a second but they were up there trying to make the old-fashioned case you know for working men and women and uh taking care of our free enterprise system and of course this new democrat party represented by bernie sanders and elizabeth warren that took the center stage last night were having nothing of it 
and it's clear that um, you know just from the audience reaction and from the the um, post debate analysis by CNN and MSNBC that uh, th- that time has passed. We're in full fledged Marxism mode now. We don't have time for the old style liberalism, especially if it's carried by white men. To a lesser degree, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, senator from Minnesota, was somewhat moderate, but she was uh, entirely a non-issue in the debate. And the the most interesting addition to all of this uh, socialism, free health care, open borders, guaranteed income, was uh, Marianne Williamson, who, of course, you know, is this uh, new age guru, a favorite of Oprah's, who who likes to uh, to get into these uh, deep sort of um, new age nasal gazing, uh, nasal gazing, and here's just a sample of that. My response on the Flint water crisis is that Flint is just the tip of the iceberg. I was recently in Denmark, South Carolina, where it is there is a lot of talk about it being the next Flint. We we have an administration that has gutted the Clean Water Act. We have communities, particularly communities of color and disadvantaged communities all over this country who are suffering from environmental injustice. I assure you, I lived in Gross Point. What happened in Flint would not have happened in Gross Point. Well, this is not exactly the clip I wanted, although she does go on later on in this clip and start speaking of dark forces. But, uh, you know, Marianne Williamson, while she is a uh, sort of a new age representative up there on stage she is right in the mold of the rest of the democrats and being thoroughly and completely dishonest not taking uh, accountability for anything to blame donald trump and this administration on the catastrophe in flint michigan is is just a bold-faced lie it all developed under the obama administration it all developed not because of federal government um inaction it was because of incompetent Democrat leadership in the city of Flint, Michigan, and in Michigan in general. And um, it was only solved when the state had to uh, step in and take over the water system in Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan is, is another one of these big Democrat cities like Baltimore and, by the way, Detroit, where the debate took place that have absolutely been destroyed by Democrat leadership. And it was interesting, you know, that uh, that after Trump's comments on Baltimore over the last few days, that none of the moderators at CNN ever, ever noticed the parallel between the basket case that is Detroit, Michigan, and Baltimore, and both of them for the same reason, Democrat policies. At one point, John Delaney actually praised Detroit and said, you know, it was a a model of coming back. 
response. So I think Democrats win when we run on real solutions, not impossible promises. When we run on things that are workable, not fairy tale economics. Look at the story of Detroit, this amazing city that we're in. This city is turning around because the government and the private sector are working well together. Do you know why the city is turning around? Because the city declared bankruptcies on uh, on all of the ridiculous bills that the Democrat administrations that have been running Detroit for the last 50 years ran up. And then they started razzing whole sections and tracts of the town, taking them down. So they basically evicted the poverty by just destroying whole neighborhoods. And if you look at aerial photographs of Detroit now, you will see the urban center core, downtown Detroit, the headquarters of General Motors, and the location of this debate where all of the Democrat candidates stayed inside that bubble. And you'll see it surrounded by vast, empty stretches that have just been returned to, um, you know, to remove from the tax rolls and return to the flat earth. The streets are there. The sidewalks are there. The houses and the people in the neighborhoods are gone because it was such a mess. And you'll you'll even see among some of those photographs, you know, a big empty tracks with one or two houses in them. People are are actually becoming sort of uh, urban uh, pioneers in the true sense. There isn't are no they don't have any neighbors. They're out there all by themselves. And what used to be a thriving city at one point, Detroit, Michigan was the most prosperous city in America before the Democrats got hold of it. But anyway, I digress. The uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, she had a, a, a breakout last night uh, compared to, you know, the old style liberals that are thoroughly uh, rejected by the Democrat base at this point and uh, crazy commie Bertie Sanders and Focahontas. Marianne Williamson actually had some uh, some personality and some spark. And uh, let's... Uh, I'm not going to play the rest of that other clip. She uh, she talked about the hypocrisy of all of these other Democrats on stage saying that they were going to go after, you know, the big corporations while at the same time taking big campaign contributions from those same very same corporations. That's how the corporations do it in a two-party system. They can pay off both parties. That's why Trump was able to run independently because he he financed his own campaign. But Marianne Williamson pointed out the hypocrisy. And none of this will change until we either pass a constitutional amendment or pass legislation that establishes public funding for federal campaigns. But for politicians, including my fellow candidates, who themselves have taken tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars from these same corporate donors to think that they now have the moral authority to say we're going to take them on. I don't think the Democratic Party should be surprised that so many Americans believe yada, yada, yada. It is time for us to start over with people who have not 
not taken uh, donations from any of these corporations and can say with real moral authority, that is over. We are going to establish public funding for federal campaigns. That's what we need to stand up to. We need to have a constitutional amendment. We need to have pu- we need to have legislation to do it. Thank and you. until we do it, it's just the same Thank old thing. <laughs> Marianne Williamson, uh, you know, she had been relegated to the very edge of the stage, but she got um, more speaking time uh, than many of the so-called uh, big name candidates like Beto and uh, Klobuchar and um, uh, Buttigieg even. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that she's a little flaky, she did uh, touch on some common sense themes like the hypocrisy of all of these, uh, these Democrats that are going to, you know, take hundreds of millions of dollars from corporations at the same time they're promising to rein them in yada 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 indeed but marianne williamson is all on board with you know taxpayer funded uh campaigns so you know we're gonna we're gonna have the uh the 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 privilege in this country of paying for every yahoo that decides they want to run for any office that's not a workable solution either. The solution is to get money out of the campaigns. In today's uh, environment of social media, you don't need big money to run the very basics of a campaign. You can do it uh, on the cheap. What we need to do is just uh, lower the maximum contribution limits and enforce it and get this dark money out of it. If If you're going to exercise your free speech on behalf of a candidate you need to say exactly who you are and what your interests are in but there were there were a few big big themes last night of course first and foremost is health care and the uh, warren uh, bernie plan to give so-called medicare for all a government-run healthcare socialist system this whole medicare for all is just an illustration of how incompetent and dishonest these debate panels at msnbc and cnn have been so far it is not medicare for all medicare is a prepaid old age health insurance program you pay into it your whole working life and while Uh, Medical expenses have outpaced the amount that people have paid in because the federal government got involved, by the way. Does not reduce the fact that it is not free health care like Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Focahontas are promising. You can't just walk across the border and declare yourself Medicare eligible or you cannot just, um, you know, stay out of the workforce and not contribute anything and declare yourself on Medicare. That's not what Medicare is. What they're talking about is something entirely different. It's socialized health care. And the old style uh, liberals on the stage, Tim Ryan and uh, John Delaney and the Montana governor had the same name as the, uh, the sheriff in uh, Deadwood. Oh, man, it's hell getting old. But anyway, um, they were pointing out that, uh, you know, what they're running on is, first, it's unworkable, it's unaffordable, it's not. It's going to destroy 
the health care system. Here's uh, Tim Ryan pointing that out. Now, in this discussion already tonight, we've talked about taking private health insurance away from union members in the industrial Midwest. We've talked about decriminalizing the border, and we've talked about giving free health care to undocumented workers when so many Americans are struggling to pay for their health care. I, quite frankly, don't think that that is an agenda that we can move forward on and win. We've got to talk about the working class issues, the people that take a shower after work who haven't had a raise in 30 years. If we focus on them, we'll win the election. So, so we've got uh, like uh, almost 200 million people in this country that uh, get their health care as a, an employee benefit or, you know, through the private markets. Lizzie and Bernie want to come in in there and just wipe all that out. We don't have time for that anymore. And Lizzie, Lizzie doesn't even want to hear any other uh, plans broached. If you point out the risk that they're proposing and how unworkable and unaffordable it is, well, she'll go right after you. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. Our biggest problem in Washington is corruption. It is giant corporations that have taken our government and that are holding it by the throat. And we need to have the courage to fight back against that. And until we're ready to do that, it's just more of the same. Well, I'm ready to get in this fight. I'm ready. To- <laughs> She's always wanting to fight somebody, which is laughable. She she comes off as Ruth Buzzy, putting up her little fists and talking, oh, I'm going to fight you. Reminds me of Ruth Buzzy running around hitting people with her purse. But, uh, you know, the the moderators, Tapper and Lamont, weren't much interested. I mean, they did ask, well, you know, is that going to be a, a tax increase? And, of course, nobody wanted to acknowledge that. So you had Tim Ryan up there, you know, saying, well, uh, maybe we ought to sort of moderate this talk and then you had uh old um john delay daily i'm sorry who uh, pointed out that um really what they're talking about is entirely unworkable and they don't understand the whole health care market to begin with Congressman so I'm, the only, I'm the only one on the stage who actually has experience in the health care business and with all due respect i don't think my colleagues understand the business we have the public it's option, which is great. The public option. Did you hear what he said? It's not a business. They hate business. They hate private enterprise. It's not a business, says Bernie. Public option, which is great. The public option is great, but it doesn't go far enough. It doesn't go far. Bernie's position is it's a right. It's a human right. You have a right to health care. Well, that is totally uh, out of sync with our entire um, constitution, our our God-given freedoms, the Bill of I mean the uh, the Declaration of Independence. You don't have a right to anything that somebody else has to provide for you. If you have a right to something that somebody else has to provide for you, then they don't have their own right to property. And Bernie can get up there and say it's a right all he wants to. But it is not a right in any sense of a natural right, a God-given right. 
it's in his mind a government right, which is to say an entitlement that he wants to add on top of the $22 trillion hole we're already in because of the runaway entitlements and the disastrous economic policies that uh, the government has already put us into. Bernie turns a blind eye to all that. And his solution is we got to have more of it. The truth of the matter is everything that government gets involved in gets more expensive and more unworkable, more bound up in bureaucratic red tape, more ineffective. Health care used to be relatively affordable in this country until government got so deeply into it. So did education. So did the housing market. The schools used to work. K-12 through education used to be excellent. Now it's collapsed. But um, the, uh, the leftists are carrying the day, and we're going to look more at that when we come back after these messages. Stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatals.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. On the Mojo Five O Radio Network. So we're just getting into this debate last night. I, I should point out that uh, I'm covering last night's debate tonight, so that we can have the hindsight of um, uh, 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 the perspective of hindsight and be able to produce this for you. Tonight's debate will be covered tomorrow night. And that's going to be fun to watch as Cory Booker and Kamala Harris go after Joe Biden and declare, you know, a racist from another era. And old Sleepy Joe tries to muster the strength to defend himself. It's going to be entertaining. And we'll cover all of that on tomorrow night's show. We're talking about last night's debate tonight. And as we went out to the break, I was talking about John Delaney, who actually has a fair bit of experience in the healthcare industry, 
trying to point out the fallacies of Bernie and Focahontas's, um Medicare for all, which is a lie. So I'm, the only, I'm the only one on the stage who actually has experience in the healthcare business. And with all due respect, I don't think my colleagues understand the business. We have the public That's option, which is great. The public option is great, but it doesn't go far enough. It doesn't go far enough. I'm proposing universal health care where everyone gets health care as a basic human right for free, but they have choices. My plan, better care, is fully paid for without raising middle class tax options. So when we think Thank about this debate, there's Medicare Thank for you, all, which is extreme. Well, 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 I got to say, you know, what he's proposing right now, what he's proposing right now is a lie as well. You can't guarantee everybody health care without raising prices. Doesn't work that way. What we've got right now are uh, premium paying health insurance um, policyholders being charged astronomical rates in order to insure a huge population of illegal aliens and indigent care. And if the government moves in and takes it over, not only are we going to all have to pay for it through uh, huge taxes, but a large number of the healthcare providers, hospitals and clinics and such are going to go out of business because they can't survive on the meager um, payments that the government authorizes. But even John Delaney capitulating and saying that, oh, we're going to have health care as a human right. Well, that wasn't enough for Bernie. You support Medicare for all, which would eventually take private health insurance away from more than 150 million Americans in exchange for government-sponsored health care for everyone. Congressman Delaney just referred to it as bad policy, and previously he has called the idea political suicide that will just get President Trump reelected. What do you say to Congressman Delaney? You're wrong. <laughs> right now, we have a dysfunctional health care system, 87 million uninsured or underinsured, Americans every year going bankrupt. Notice how he did the little quick sleight of hand. Uninsured or underinsured. Now, when he's talking about underinsured, he's talking about, well, they might not have vision coverage. They might not have mental health coverage. They might not have everything that Bernie Sanders thinks that they should want because under the president's health care reforms, you don't have to, for instance, buy... Um, maternal coverage if you're a man. You don't have to buy um, prostate coverage if you're a woman. But Bernie throws in, you know, this huge number of uninsured or underinsured and uh, and exposes, you know, that he's in fact playing fast and loose with the truth with you. Right now, we have a dysfunctional health care system. 87 million uninsured or underinsured. $500,000, 500,000 Americans every year going bankrupt because of medical bills. 30,000 people dying while the health care industry makes tens of billions of dollars in profit. 
Well, yeah, people are going to die. There's going to be a lot of people uh, die uninsured and insured. That is the that is the nature of health care. And as far as the health insurance companies making tens of billions of dollars of profit, there's a lot of industries in this country that make tens of billions of dollars in profits. I would be very surprised and, and frankly worried if health insurance companies weren't making profits. Hell, I think the toilet paper industry makes $10 billion of profit. There's a lot of companies that make $10 billion in profit. I think healthcare is, you know, one of the top three or four industries in the country. Of course, they're going to make tens of billions of dollars of profit, but Bernie is offended by the very notion. Five minutes away from here, John, is a country. It's called Canada. They guarantee health care to every man, woman, and child as a human right. They spend half of what we spend. And by the way, when you end up... Well, they do guarantee it as a human right. It, the only problem is it's rationed. And getting a, an appointment or a surgery or a procedure in time to save your life is a very dicey thing up there. So, yeah, they save a lot of money because a lot of the coverage that they offer, they don't actually have to provide. Because but by the time you get through their rationing system... You may not be with us any longer. That's a write-down for them. And a lot of them, he didn't mention, come over that bridge at Windsor into Detroit in order to get their medical care because their life-saving medical care, because if they waited around for the socialized health care system in Canada to provide it, they might not survive it. If you want to see something that's really an interesting expose on this, Louder with Crowder on YouTube. Now, he's, uh, he's actually Canadian, and he took a film crew up to Canada and showed, showed you just in all the hoops you have to go through in order to try to get coverage or even get an appointment to see a doctor in Canada. And Canada's not unusual. The United or the um, socialized health care in the UK is like that and most countries. Some work better than others, but most of the ones that work well are in small countries, much smaller than even Canada. What these people are proposing, and we'll have more on the stage tonight, preaching socialized health care under the guise of Medicare for all, is would be a disaster for this country. But I think it's going to be good for the Republican Party because most people are not going to go down that road. They like having good health care. They like having access to their own doctor, and they like being able to get an appointment without being told by some government bureaucrat that they've got to wait like they're down at the DMZ, DMV. Here's the rest of this clip with the old Bernie. Five minutes away from here, John, is a country. It's called Canada. They guarantee health care to every man, woman, and child as a human right. They spend half of what we spend. And by the way, when you end up in a hospital in Canada, you come out with no bill at all. Health care is a human right, not a privilege. I believe that. I will fight for that. They always want to fight. We're going to fight, fight, fight. That's one of the big problems with the Democrat Party. Instead of working constructively, they've all become a bunch of damn civil rights agitators. And they want to fight. 
And when they say fight, what they want to do is condemn you as somehow not as moral and not as righteous as they are and somehow defective. Because you point out that the best way to provide any service is through market-based solutions. And there's really only two source or two ways of doing uh, providing a service. You can have a market-based solution that will uh, govern supply and demand. Or you have a rationed system, rationed by the government. There's no other way to do it. You can't have the government um, running the system without determining how much they're going to be able to provide for what cost and how long you're going to have to wait. And it will ultimately end in rationing. It always does. But I can go on and on about this. The truth of the matter is the Democrat Party has moved on. They are in full Marxist mode at this point. Not only are they uh, trying to provide or trying to promise to provide free health care, but at the same time, they're vilifying our current health care system, which with all its faults, most of them because of government interference, is the best in the world. And Bernie said there's 85 million uninsured and underinsured by fudging that number. The, the real number is about 30 million, about 10% of the population. And they get health care through uh, charities and through the emergency rooms. And it's, it is a problem that needs to be addressed. But that 30 million population is still there after Obamacare. Obama put the Affordable Care Act into place early in his eight-year presidency. They're still there. You know why? Because there's about 30 million people in this country that don't want to pay for health insurance, either because they're young and they don't think they need it, or in, in many cases... They can't afford it. We should address that, and we can address that. And we would have addressed that by now if it hadn't been for John McCain putting his own personal um, offense before the nation, right in keeping with, uh, you know, John McCain's history. We would have already moved on past this. But it's going to be a problem for the Republicans because the Democrats are out there promising free lunch. And health care is an expensive uh, proposition, especially under the Obama uh, care mandates. People were paying more for their health care for a family of four than they were for their, for their mortgage payment. And then they were getting a policy with twenty five and $30,000 deductibles, that, so it's totally worthless. Yeah, people are mad about health care they're mad about health care because the government screwed it up and the government's not going to fix it either so another big theme last night was um immigration the democrats are still stuck on stupid they think that you can have a welfare state with uh government provided health care a 15 dollar an hour minimum wage free tuition, and at the same time, have open borders. 
and uh, Bullock. That's the guy's name, the Montana governor. Bullock, um, he, he spouted the Democrats' line on this. Biggest problem right now that we have with immigration, it's Donald Trump. He's using immigration to not only rip apart families, but rip apart this country. We can actually get to the point where we have both safe borders, where we have a path to citizenship, where we have opportunities for dreamers. And you don't have to decriminalize everything. What you have to do is have a president in there with the judgment and the decency to treat someone that comes to the border like one of our own. So this was a recurring theme, and you'll hear uh, hear it again from the other uh, candidates that are pushing back on Bullock's suggestion that you might not want to decriminalize the border. But what their strategy is, is they want to blame Trump for the crisis on the border. The only guy in the country that's really done anything to try to fix it. And they want to say, well, he doesn't really want to fix the crisis on the border. He wants to use it to beat us in 2020. He wants to take the crisis that we created and that we refuse to help him solve and and stand in his way to keep him from solving it, and he wants to use it against us. Well, yeah, that's how politics works. But Bernie, uh, he, he's still into this mythology that, you know, you've got these Poor migrants fleeing Honduras and El Salvador, which, by the way, are not nearly as dangerous as Baltimore and Detroit, where they were having this debate last night, and saying that they're walking 2,000 miles. A mother and a child are walking 2,000 miles. It's a pure lie. What Trump is doing through his racism and his xenophobia is demonizing a group of people. And as president, I will end that demonization. If a mother and a child walk thousands of miles on a dangerous path, in my view, they are not criminals. They are people fleeing violence. So in Bernie's view, they're walking 2,000 miles, these these small children. It's a lie. They're being shuttled up here by uh, George Soros-funded nonprofits. They're designed to wreck this country. And he says, by the by virtue of having shown up there, they ought to be let in. Well, there's, you know, if you want to take that position, there's about a billion or two uh, poor, poverty-stricken people in this world that'll be right behind them. And they've tore down the border. And the question, I think, is the 2020 campaign is going to come down to is whether a large section of this country wants this free health care that the Democrats were promising, or if they see how impossible that is to provide to the whole world and whether they would rather have secure borders as well. The Republicans really going to have to get on the ball and try to make some progress in the, um, in, in the issue of, um, of health care. In these remaining year and a half, they got to come. They've got to come up with a plan and start making some actual movement on that plan. And of course, 
Bernie touched on it then, uh, you know, in, in that soundbite. Another major theme was racism, racism, racism. We are morally superior. Trump and his supporters are a bunch of morally retarded racists. Racists, I tell you. And this is getting kind of old, you know. It's been going on my whole life. If you ever disagree with a Democrat, and this this bunch of Democrats are entirely disagreeable to begin with, you're a de facto racist. Racist, racist, racist. Homophobe, Islamophobe. That's really all I've got. They don't have any, and you'll notice when they do this, they never cite any actual examples. Apparently saying anything bad about anybody or wanting to enforce your borders is by definition racist. And here's what Lizzie had to say. We need to call out white supremacy for what it is, domestic terrorism. And it poses a threat to the United States of America. We live in a country now where the president is advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, health care racism. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Criminal justice racism? This president just got through sponsoring a bill and pushing it through Congress to try to reform the Bill Clinton Democrat, Joe Biden, by the way, sponsored crime bill. Now, I don't agree that it should have been reformed. I think it was being very effective. But you're going to call them uh, uh, civil or uh, civil justice, what was it, uh, criminal justice, racism? Environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, health care racism. The way we do be better is to fight back and show something. We got to fight back. We got to fight back. It's racism, racism, racism. <laughs> and and there were a bunch of them that jumped onto this theme. Oh, man, where should I even start with this? Uh, they were all trying. To, oh, Mary Ann. She brought her new age sensibility to the whole issue of reparations. We got to pay for being white. Well, it's not $500 billion in financial assistance. It's $500 billion, 200 to $500 billion payment of a debt that is owed. That is what reparations is. We need some deep truth telling when it comes. We don't need another commission to look at evidence. I appreciate what uh, Congressman O'Rourke has said. It is time for us to simply realize that this country will not heal. All that a country is is a Well, this country will not heal. You know, there was a little thing called the Civil War where about 600,000 people lost their lives. About, well, a little more than half of them were Union soldiers who died to end slavery. Slavery had been going on on the African continent and the trade to the African continent in the Middle East for thousands of years. Europeans got involved with it for a couple of hundred years, I think actually 300 years, on a very small scale compared to what was going on they saw the um the morality of it they ended it they outlawed it on the high seas and fought a war where several hundred thousand men gave their lives i think that qualifies as reparations and if you're going to give reparations to black people are you not going to have to give reparations to those union soldiers that gave their lives where are these civil rights groups that should be erecting memorials and statues 
to the Union soldiers instead of just focusing on tearing down the statues to the Confederate soldiers. You don't see any of that. And Marianne, he, um, she cited old Beto. Beto is uh, he, he's really got a uh, a patter down now where you know he goes in front of these left wing groups and does his groveling self flagellation, not fatulation, flagellation, and uh, he thinks this is his strong point foundation of this country, the the wealth that we have built, the way we became the greatest country on the face of the planet was literally on the backs of those who were kidnapped and brought here by force. The legacy of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and suppression is alive and well in every aspect of the economy and in the country today. Oh my God. The truth of the matter is there were about 350,000, actually 360,000 African slaves brought to the United States up through the Civil War. They, were, they built the agriculture sec- uh, sector in the Deep South. They worked the fields. They are not the backbone of what this country was built on. They are a part of it. And we're still talking about it 150 years later because they can't let it go. We always have to have a conversation. We've been having, having this conversation for three or four generations now and it never gets solved because the democrats like to use it every four years in order to excite their voter base Mm-mm-mm. there was a, a little bit they touched a little bit last night on on uh, climate change, and old Beto got in on that as well. I've listened to scientists on this, and they're very clear. We don't have more than 10 years to get this right, and we won't meet that challenge with half steps or half measures. What? 10 years? I thought it was 12 years. You and AOC have been telling me 12 years. I put it on my calendar. I've been making plans for the world coming to an end in 12 years, and now you just steal two years from me like that out of nowhere? Really? It's almost like they're just making this stuff up. It's down to 10 years before apocalypse. And then it's all over. Man, there's so many clips last night. Uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, uh, distinguished himself as probably the most nasty, hateful little candidate in the Democrat field. He was on there shaming um, shaming Christian conservatives because they oppose these disastrous um, minimum wage increases that will punish people trying to get into the workforce and young people that are trying to you know get their their uh, toehold and get some job experience. The minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum wage when Scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. So there you got a sodomite that is uh, condemning Christians for uh, disagreeing with his economic prescriptions. That's Pete Buttigieg. But a gig. 
But it looks like what we're going to have here, I'll, I'll just let Steve Kornacki uh, sort of uh, uh, summarize where the Democrats have put themselves in relation to the upcoming election. Steve Kornacki standing by at the board with how uh, the numbers may back up what we saw tonight. Yeah, interesting, that dynamic you're talking about, sort of the moderate candidates going after Warren, going after Sanders, and even sounding that alarm potentially about electability. We've got some new data that's out recently that measures some of these issues that came up, where Democratic voters are, the folks who are going to vote in the primary versus where general election voters are. There are some interesting divides here. This question of Medicare for all without private insurance. That was a major part of this debate tonight. You see Democratic voters more than two to one support this. 64% support, 31% opposed. Ask the same question to all Americans. General election voters, the folks who vote in November, very different story. 41% say it's a good idea. A majority, 54% say it's a bad idea. How about this one? How about decriminalizing border crossings? That obviously came up again tonight as it did the first debate. Democrats are split on this question. 45 support 47 opposed. How about all voters, general election voters, overwhelming opposition on that, 2766. Another issue you heard about, this is national health insurance. Should there be a program that makes it available to undocumented immigrants? Again, among Democrats, basically two to one support for that proposition, 60 to 32. Among general election voters, complete opposite. And one more that came up late in the night, that question of reparations payments. Amongst Democrats, 46 support, 40 percent say bad idea among all voters again 27 62 so you see those sort of moderate candidates this is what they're trying to express on that stage but when the energy on the democratic side is somewhere else that's the power behind those uh, comebacks that you heard from warren and sanders that's, and, there, and there's enough of this uh, far left uh, cultural marxist base that they're actually supporting the two leaders in last night's debates bernie and focahontas and in addition to that, I think uh, the only people that are going to come out of that field, there's four of them, is old Pete Buttigieg, because despite the fact, because of his orientation, he has zero support in the black community, literally zero. He's got a, uh, a dependable uh, base of uh, campaign contributors that uh, are more sympathetic with him on that topic. And the other candidate... That came out of last night's debate is going to be Mary Ann Williamson, if you can believe that. Because she's saying all of the cultural Marxist things, and she's saying them in a much more interesting way than, than old Bernie or Focahontas or the mean, nasty little Pete Buttigieg. Buddha well, tomorrow night, we'll have the coverage of tonight's debate, and I hope you'll join us then. Right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network on Right Now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.